was good. Okay, turn that off. That was hot. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. So you guys, today is Tuesday, March 9th. We're getting through the month, you guys. What is this? That doesn't belong in there. What is this? What is this? I have so much stuff in my little Bible holder. Letters. Letters. Letters of importance, I suppose. So you guys, yesterday. Yesterday. Is it Tuesday? It is. Yesterday, we passed in America, not even kidding. I want to talk about this. This is a big deal. Okay, everybody's like, oh, the third stimulus check, how soon you might receive a $1,400 check. Guess what? The U.S. Senate approved President Biden's $1.9 trillion coronavirus relief package. Why? Um, I was looking at some stuff on this. Our economy is in recovery here in America. We are in recovery. People are getting better. The good morning, Vinay. We have people taking the, um, let me look at the other one. I'm looking for another article, you guys. The Washington Post, this was their actual, their um, post on Sunday. Let me go to this one, you guys. This is what they actually said. The Washington Post, this is America at its finest. This is the Democrats who think that they wanted to, you know, they're... Biden stimulus showers money on Americans, targets poverty. There was a limit, you guys. Here was the thing. There was a limit on... Stimulus limit. There is a limit to how much you can make before you get cut off. Okay. Um, you have to make $75,000 or less. Single filers. $75,000 $75, or less. Or if you're a head of household um, with AGIs. I don't know what that is. It's $112,500 or less. Married joint filers. $150,000 or less. Those are the only people who qualify to receive this check. Okay. So when I saw this, and I watched some stuff on it yesterday, you guys. I did. First of all, our economy is in recovery. It may be slow, but we're opening up. Okay. People are getting better. So Biden pushing that we're still a sick nation is trying to make it sound like like we're our nation is crippled because of the coronavirus and it is not. The town I live in, we've been running. 
We've been efficient. People did get sick. We had a drop last year. I remember when the mayor made it mandate to wear masks in town everywhere. It was mandated. You couldn't go. Your kids couldn't play on the machinery. They had signs around it. There was all kinds of things. Yes, there was that time, but we are in recovery. Our kids are going to school full time. People are back at their jobs. Things are coming back. In fact, they dropped the mask mandate because we're getting better. Things are looking up. But President Biden is making it sound like we're getting worse. And it's not true. And so this new stimulus package, $1.9 trillion, he just got into office and he blew our budget. Literally. For what? For people who are still staying at home, not getting a job. For people who, what, are making the same amount of money we were last year. I'm making, I'm making a little bit less, but I made it work. This $1,400 could cripple our country. But thank you, Biden. Thank you. A round of applause for the president who just blew our budget. And I'm going to say it. Because another thing I look at when I see this. We did this to the Native Americans. This is why I want to bring this up. The U.S. government did this to the Native Americans out of guilt and shame for putting, rounding them up. Should I say it as it is? It's history, you guys. We rounded them up in North Dakota. That is the history. The U.S. government went around and rounded up the Natives and put them on reservations, you would say. Later on, out of guilt and shame for doing that, you know, and some of the natives chose, but that was the way it was in North Dakota. I read the history. They went around and they rounded them up. They put them in reservations. And now what does the government do? The government says if you live on these decided reservations that the government decided was your land. Here, the government give you this land. This is your land to do whatever you want. Make your own laws. That's called reservations for the natives. This is your land, the government said. You can do whatever you want. You can make your own laws. You're your own little land. And if you live in that land, we will give you a certain amount of money. It was enough money for them to just get by. Like this $1,400 plus they extended um, the unemployment benefits. I remember somebody bringing that up to me. Have you checked with unemployment? No, why would I? I'm working. Because you could get more. But why? Like, I'm doing okay. Like, that was such a weird, you know, I want to make money, yes, but... I'm hoping that the economy rises. I want the economy to rise. I will do my part. I never did look into it. I don't know if I qualify for my, or unemployment. I don't make a lot. But I'm really not that driven to look. I want more hours. So. Now the Native Americans have gotten accustomed to get in this. I don't know how they get their money. If it's weekly, monthly, bi-weekly. No, I'm not, because he's breaking our country. He took $1.9 trillion, and he's dumping it. And it's, it's not going to help the economy and help people get off their feet. 
It's enabling them to be lazy. They're not going to be motivated to go get a job. They're not going to be motivated because people are getting, we just got a stimulus in January. We just got one. Now we're getting an even bigger one. And that budget could be used for good things, better things. Why aren't we putting it towards better healthcare systems? Better everything, better schools, better something. Would $1.9 trillion could have been used to build something in our country to help other things get back on their feet. In fact, a better way of spending that $1.9 trillion would have been sending out grants for small businesses that were highly impacted that got almost little help. There's a lot of small businesses that are nearly closing because of what they had to, you know, support. You know, they had employees, they had the business, they had the bills. It would have been better for him to spend that money in places to help build the economy. It doesn't build the economy to baby people who are choosing to not work. Um, And this is true. They're coddling the poor because they want people, he wants people to like him. And he's doing whatever it takes just to make Americans happy instead of doing what Americans need. There's a difference in doing what is right for our country and doing what makes Americans happy because it'll shut us up. He's doing what makes Americans happy to shut us up. And it's going to cripple our nation because at the end of the day, that $1.9 trillion is our tax money that we pay into the government. That is money I'm paying out of my taxes that is, where's it going? Why? Why can't it go to something productive in our country? You chose... To spend our tax money in a way that we didn't need. Our economy's up. People can get a job. People are able to work. Um, So sending more money and $1,400 is more than we've received. Last year when the coronavirus first hit and our country started to shut down. And mind you, we didn't even shut down as bad as other countries. In fact, we were, we were very fortunate in the relief and the support and the help we got as a country. Like we, we were able to go to the store. We were able to do things. That was a $1,200 stimulus. We didn't even receive as much. Why? Because President Trump was very smart about money. Here's the thing about President Trump. He knew how to make money. He knew how to make money for himself and his businesses. And that's how he ran the country to build up our economy. Because he was a business thinking man. So he brought that annuity, annuity, I don't, that was a wrong word. He brought that mindset into being president, protect and provide. And to build up the economy. He brought those natural skills into being a president. 
Now, so you bring a president in who just wants to make you happy. He's going to, like a bad relationship, he's going to flood you with things. He's flooding us. He's flooding us with pretty words and lots of money. Relief. Look it. I'm giving you what you want, America. And at the end of the year, in a couple of years, us taxpayers will be paying a hefty tax. They're going to have to raise taxes to make up for this. Somewhere along the way, someone, aka the taxpayer, is going to have to pay for this $1.9 trillion that we didn't need. That is what upsets me. So... Our president is not thinking about what's best for America as a whole. He's thinking about what's going to shut them up and make them like me. Sounds like he's insecure is what it really is. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, the freedom of speech, you guys. So I'm not happy. Because at the end of the day, I'm the one who's going to be paying for it. And more people are going to feel like they don't need to get a job because they're going to keep crying and saying, and they're going to get used to it. Just like the natives, they got used to receiving that check and it's just enough to get by. Here's the thing, they, they receive just enough to live, but not enough to build. In order to build, just like the bondage in Exodus, this is where it falls into play, you guys, just like the bondage in Exodus, anybody who is native, who wants to build in their life and wants to be better than what they are in that reservation, they want to be better. They have to break through that bondage. They have to let go of that comfort of knowing they'll receive that and they have to take that step and and go beyond that go beyond the comfort zone and sometimes that requires losing all you have and starting from scratch so that's what he's doing he's creating what would you call that i don't know what the term would be for that i know there's a term People are relying on the government to take care of them. People are relying on the government to raise their children. This is why you have so many broken homes. This is why we have high crime. This is why we have one-parent homes, single mothers. It's because the government is making it easy. It's making it easy. It's not easy doing it the right way. Well... I'm not saying Trump did everything right. We all have bad. But the thing was, Trump never, ever was sneaky. And he was open about who he was. If he didn't like you, he said it. He said who he was. And the thing was, that authenticity is what gets me. He could be an asshole. But he was an honest asshole. And when he said something, he did it. That's what I need. In, that's what we need in this world. We need somebody who's just going to be who they're saying they're going to be. And he's got to do what's right for the country. 
Now, I'm not saying his departure was the greatest, but listen, it makes America angry to see that there was a lot more going on than what the news is showing the world. There was a lot of mishandling with the voting. There was a lot. There was, it was not, the voting system was incorrect what happened. And it made a lot of Americans angry. So they rebelled. Just like the George Floyd thing that um, upset a lot of people and they wanted to go in and burn their, burn the cities and, you know, burn businesses. But this time we just wanted to show the capital that, <laughs> uh, I'm not saying it was right, but the thing is that Trump didn't put us in debt. We are now in debt and he's one, two months into term and we're in debt. Wait, I mean, we were already in debt, but now if a natural disaster happens, if something happens again, how is he going to help us now? He already spent it frivolously without thinking. It was, And he's trying to say that the coronavirus is, is just as bad as it was in the beginning, and it's not. We're better. The country's better. He's using it as an excuse to justify why he could shower this amount of money. I mean, and that's what the news said. He's showering money. What kind of news states it that way? He's, he's crippling our nation. Um, you have to allow people to struggle for them to want to want better. Here's the thing about this. I had to struggle and ha reach rock bottom and have absolutely nothing to finally want better in my life. I was in a relationship where I had everything have whatever job I wanted. I had the SUV. I had a bike. I had the dog. I had the car. I had the house. It looked like I had the perfect little life. I didn't have to. There was nothing. There was no challenge in my life. I wasn't challenged to be a better person. I didn't, I didn't want to be. I didn't need to be. But it wasn't until the moment I realized I really, I was all alone and I had nothing. And I was looking at the crappy job I was working and I had nothing. I realized I wanted better. I didn't like how I felt. I suddenly had to look at my life. But I had to reach rock bottom. And when the government sits here and gives a handout just enough for people to cope and feel better, the poverty never reaches up and tries to be better. Because there is help. You can be better. I know it's out there because I'm getting it. You can go to college. There are grants. There are programs to lead a better life. But the people in poverty are choosing to be in poverty in America. Specifically in America, you guys. The people in poverty in America choose to be poor. They choose. Why? Because there are programs here. There are programs in America. And I know because last year I went through this. Somebody told me, Chris, I was living at the shelter, you guys. I started from nothing. Nothing. I had no money, no phone. Everything was closed. I had been to jail long enough. I started with nothing. I had the clothes on my back. And while I was at the shelter, 
I got signed up and I started college. Finally found my own apartment. I got a job and worked enough to save up two grand to get into the apartment I had now. And I had nothing. And I couldn't spend anything while I was there. Um, so thank God for the shelter because they provided food and housing for me. Okay. And then when I moved into here, everything in my home, I bought. Every little thing I saved up for and I bought from the money I worked from. And I don't make much. I make eleven fifty an hour. That's what I make. And I average about thirty six to forty five hours every two weeks is probably what I average right now. I make about eight hundred dollars a month. That's what I make. Okay. But I'm making it. I'm going to college. I'm trying to start a business. I'm doing this. I've got a job. I'm paying my bills. I'm getting financial help, but I know when I get my degree, I will have a better life. I will have insurance for my children. I will be able to buy a house. I'll be able to to do those things and be self-sufficient. I won't rely on the government anymore to help me. But it's too easy now to live in this state. Right now, it would be easy for me to work my dinky job for the rest of my life and receive financial aid. Here's the thing. If I, I could work my job for the rest of my life as a housekeeper. And I could stay on housing, which helps pay for my rent here. I could stay on federal. Okay, I'll just get into it. I could stay on where my kids are covered with Medicaid insurance, which is state paid. And I would also get help. They call it SNAP benefits. It's food stamps. For the rest of my life, I could get food stamps, which the government pays for. That's taxpayer money. Taxpayer money is paying to help pay for my rent, to pay for my kids' insurance, health insurance, and to pay for me to put food on the table. Because I only make 800 a month. Now, I can stay living like that, and I can barely get by. I can live in this two-bedroom apartment, and it's okay. I could just be comfortable. This is what I mean. The government makes you comfortable being mediocre. But I don't want this. I want to buy a house. I want to have a business. I want to pull out business loans. I want to travel. I want to put my kids through college. I want to have, I don't want to be, I don't want the state helping me forever. I want to be self-sufficient I want to be something in this world. I don't want to continue sucking off the government. It annoys me. Because I don't want to be that way. But it's all too easy to get comfortable. And our government is making it more comfortable. This was what Trump was trying to undo. Making it comfortable to live like this. He didn't want us comfortable living in poverty. And Biden is making it now again comfortable to live in poverty. It's okay to live like this. Why? Because I'm comfortable. But I don't, I'm not comfortable. I'm not comfortable anymore. Because suddenly I want more for my life. Why do I want more for my life? Because God showed me some things. He showed me what I could have if I pursue it. But that means getting uncomfortable. That means struggling. That means at some point in time... Uh, I have to reach for the stars and I have to trust in God's way. Um, so that's, that's an even further breakdown about what the government is doing now. 
and why the poverty are choosing to be poor. I came from a poor family. Now that I'm adult, I don't have to be poor. It's a choice. And those grants and all those things to be better and receive a degree, that's for everybody. That d- does not depend on your color of skin. It doesn't matter, you know, if you're poor, there are grants out there to put you through college. There's more than ever before. By the time I'm done with college, my loan amount for college to pay for four years, three and a half or four years, will be $18,100. Okay? That will be the loan amount. And I will be... uh, my responsibility will be $151 a month to pay on that loan for 10 years. That's my responsibility to get a degree that will make me anywhere from fifty-five dollars to $60,000 a year. Now, that's what I'm working towards, something that will be able to take care of my entire family. And I'm showing my children how to break the mold of poverty. Because poverty is a choice in America. Because our government has set systems up in place where if you reach for it, you can have it. Now, that's not true in every country. It's not. It just depends on the government. Not every country has the structure set up to help educate other people. I do know that. But in America, you choose to be poor. So when the poor are crying about being the poor because the government is suppressing them, that is a lie. And that's not true. And there's even more help for black Americans or people of different color, people of different nationalities. Why? Because they're considered minority. So the government has more for them to help them. An incentive, but they choose not to because of the mental blockage. I'm not even going to get into Exodus, you guys. I can't believe that. Because of the mental blockage, they don't think they can because they came from a place that told them that they'll never amount to anything. And this is a fact. When you think about black culture, I'm going to specifically say black culture because this is the one that goes around a lot in America. A lot of Um, black Americans are raised in single-family homes. This is the true issue. They're raised in single-family homes by their mothers. Their mothers have been raised by other mothers who are ghetto-like, ghetto that say you're nothing, but, I mean, the slangs get thrown out there. What you hear black culture speak like, that's how they speak to their children. I've seen it. I've seen a mom talk to her daughter that way. And I was appalled. She talked to her daughter like her daughter was some street worker. And her daughter was 12 years old. And that is why. That is why you have high crime rates in black America. Black Americans. That is why, you know, they feel like they are nothing. Because their mothers are raising them like with anger and hate that they have because of their brokenness. Mothers are raising their children from their brokenness, so they reflect that onto their children, as well as the dad isn't in the home, so the child thinks that it's their fault because the mother is also placing the blame of that on them. 
It's your fault your dad ain't around. I mean, this is real. This is real stuff that happens in these families. So the child grows up thinking, I ain't nothing. I can never be nothing because I've been told I'm nothing my whole life. And everything is my fault. It becomes that mental bondage that is going on right now in Exodus. Just like the Israels. You can get up and walk out. What is Egypt going to do? Nothing. Same thing with black America. They have the opportunity to stand up and rise up and reach for things. But they don't because they have that mental thing inside that says, I can't because they've been told I can't. So they believe it. They truly believe it. And when the government gives you just enough to make you comfortable in that poverty, you feel that that's good enough. That's better than what you could hope for. Because you don't know there's better out there. Because the government, because not the government, your mother tells you, and the absence of your father tells you, you better be grateful for what you got because that's all you deserve. And the government never really says, you know, reach for the stars. No, they're telling you, oh, here's some money to keep you quiet. And they keep telling the poor, we're going to help you. We need to help the poor. We need to help the poor. They never say reach up. It's the difference between the Democrats and the Republicans. Republicans go reach for it. The Democrats go, we have some relief. Let's give you some money. It's crazy. It's crazy. This is where high crimes come from. This whole racism thing is just a slang that gets thrown around. The reason for high crimes in minority groups, the reason for high crimes and poverty is because of how they're raised. I know because I was raised that way. And now I'm going to the other side of life. And I'm realizing how destructive it is to raise your children that way in that belief system. So Vinay, that is a breakdown. I didn't even get to chapter 9. But you guys, my government, American government, is going to end up sticking some people in a mental bondage. People are going to get comfortable with poverty. And they're just going to rely on it. They're going to need to. And we're going to end up with more poverty. The thing is, we're going to end up with higher unemployment rates. And right now it's at six point something. I can't remember exactly. But it says six point something. We're going to end up with higher unemployment rates. And a higher number of poverty. Crime rate's probably going to go up. Um, and... You know, we're going to end up having relief somewhere. Somebody's going to pay for that $1.9 trillion. It's going to be taxpayers. It's going to be the rich is what's going to happen. And sadly, the rich are the ones who have been working for their money. They became rich for a reason. They became rich because they were smart about their money. And now they're going to have to pay for the people who choose to be lazy. And that isn't fair. I know this. Most of the rich became rich because they made smart choices about their money. And now they're going to have to sit here and bail out the government because the government just wants to blow money. And now they have, they can, now the government can turn around and probably make laws that says, I can tax the rich. We wanted to spend your money rich without asking you. That's what's going to happen. We chose to spend the rich's money before even asking them, because we have the right. This is why you don't want a singular group in the government to have complete control of the laws, because they will do things like 
this. They will do something. They're robbing Peter to pay Paul. They're going to rob the rich to make America happy. <sighs> we'll see how it goes, man. So, Vinay, I hope you have a good weekend. Or weekend. I hope you have a good evening. I hope this gives you a different viewpoint because the news is kind of inaccurate. I've been watching the news. It's inaccurate. They make it sound like this is such a great thing, and it's not. It's going to be destructive. Um, they don't... They don't really portray the true news, just the news. Because they, they want to make it sound like America's, America just wants to look good. America just wants to look like we're this greatest country. And truly, really, we're just like everybody else. Anyway, I'm going to get ready for the verse of the day. Thank you for stopping by. And all of those on YouTube, thank you for stopping by. And podcasters, you will notice after this is another attachment for the verse of the day. I got creative. So you guys now get to hear the verse of the day. So thank you podcasters for staying tuned because I was off the radar for about a week and a half, I think. I couldn't get the last of Matthew downloaded. I saw a bunch of people listen to Matthew 27 and I'll try to get Matthew 28 on there, but I couldn't get it downloaded. But thank you guys for staying following. And I love you guys and God less. morning everyone let me see if I can I'm not going to put it on the board I'm going to pin the comment oh, because that is how I am I love it some days I like um some days I like technology and other days, it can kick rocks. Most of the time. Let's see. It's supposed to snow today, you guys. sure everything is going according to my plans. Maybe. What? Oh! I shared it wrong, you guys. Can't double share. <laughs> wow. Only I could do something like that. Double share. I didn't know that was a thing but I double shared on my, wow.
sorry guys, I'm, I guess, feeling a little retarded today. I shouldn't say that word, but I do feel like that. Okay, you guys, good morning, good morning, good morning. We're getting there, you guys. We're in the second week of March. I'm really trying to narrow down certain habits, to be honest. Um, I used to eat cookies for breakfast, and I decided I better start eating fruit. So I've been eating pineapple for breakfast. That's what I was eating yesterday, and that's actually really good. Um, this weekend, you guys, we have time change. Fuzzy hair. We have time change Saturday night. We lose an hour, or is it Sunday night? I can't remember. No, it's Saturday night. We lose an hour of sleep. That ain't nothing. Thank you, God. Finally bringing some sunlight into this world because I'm tired of this darkness, man. I'm over it. I want some light. I'm ready to go for a bike ride in the morning. I'm ready to get out of my apartment at 5 o'clock in the morning, go for a bike ride until almost 6, and be out of this. I'm tired of winter. I'm ready, ready. And today is supposed to snow, so look at me whine and complain. But I'm so excited for time change. And a lot of people are like... We're going to lose sleep, but I don't care. I'm willing to lose sleep just to have that more sunlight. Um, let's see here. That's about that, you guys. So we're going to talk about Psalms 46.1. And I put it in the comments because I'm going to draw an analogy. I love drawing things because it gives a visual. And I'm a very visual person. I have to see things to understand it. It's the way I've always been. And I believe that's human nature for most people. So the verse goes, and we'll read the verse first. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Okay. So I was watching this video yesterday, and I was trying to understand my behavior, you guys. Because yesterday, you remember, I drew the diagram. That was me. That's all of us. But particularly, I'm just sharing my personal experience that that's how I felt. So I've been watching some videos just to kind of deepen my understanding of what it is I truly need in this world, you know, because I'm learning that the way society has taught me what I need to be as a woman is completely wrong to what I truly need for my soul. And that's why I'm having a lot of grinding in my life because society taught me I needed to be tough and strong and not weak and I had to do it all, and I, I can do it all, and I don't need anybody, and all I need is myself. I don't need anybody in my life. Okay, that's what I was raised, taught. That's what I mean. Women can do everything. But my soul, God is showing me no, Christine, because truly, you're nothing without me, which is true. You have to have me, and I do want God in my life. I can't imagine not having God every day in my life. I would die. I would literally... If I didn't have God every day in my presence, I don't know what I would be like, you guys. I've had moments where I realized what it would be like, and I felt like I was dying. Like I had no air. Like suddenly I was dying. I was that plant in the garden that was drying up in the sun. So society tells me this, and God's going, no, God's trying to show me another way. And it's causing my flesh and my soul to do this. So I had to do some research. I had to do some education. Okay. And 
here's what we're like, you guys. First of all, this is the analogy I got. When it says, God is our very refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. We're going to be purple, you guys. Here is us. We're a pearl, okay? Well, I'll even draw a little heart in there. We're like a little pearl in the ocean, you guys. And God is the clam. Okay? Right? That is the worst drawing, you guys. I know it's the worst drawing. Oh, my goodness. I didn't even look up how to draw a clam. Normally, I look these things up. I can do better. I promise you, I can do better. <laughs> I didn't take art class. <laughs> Is that how a clam looks? I think that's how a clam looks. <laughs> you guys, this is the worst. Okay, here we go. There's a tongue in there. I know there's a tongue. And it's just resting, okay? This is God. God is the clam. We are the pearl, you guys. No kidding. Okay? This was a great analogy. This was about women, too, you guys. This is where I learned this. Women need this. This is where I'm struggling in my life. Because I thought I had to be the clam. I have to do all the protecting. I have to do everything. Because that's my whole life I've been doing it. So we are the pearl, God is the clam, right? Along comes danger. Danger's real. Danger. Make sure I spell right. You know, something wants to seep in there and get you. Guess what? God will protect you. Nothing can get in there because God, the clam, can sense when somebody is trying to get the pearl. Here's the thing about clams. They're very, very smart. But they're small in size. How do people get the pearl out of the clam? They have to go down. Okay, I've read a book about this. They have to go down and fish for the clam. They net them up. They bring them up. And if you're in a poor country, right? This is how they do it. This is how I read about it. They go down. They put weights or rocks in their tied to their legs. They go down to the bottom. They walk as long as they can collecting these clams. And as they go to reach for these clams, the clams shut hard. If you've ever tried to really open a rock clam, I know I've seen videos about it. It's hard. They have to take a knife. And wedge in the lip when the clam closes, okay? Like this. I don't want that end because I'm going to eat off that end. They have to go into the lip like this. And they have to use force to bust the hinges of that clam open. You can't just do it. Now, theoretically, God is stronger than a clam. God is the entire world. But I'm trying to show you a visual here. This is God in our life, if we allow it. But see, we have to be willing to allow and see that God is trying to protect us. You know, us humans, we can step out of the kingdom of God, okay? We can step outside the door gaze. We can start going to, I don't know, like places that danger, real danger does happen. 
You know, go down to Mexico to Tijuana as a white girl. I'm going to take... Listen, danger... Why don't I just go down to Tijuana all alone, fly by myself, go into the most ghetto parts of Tijuana. Where's another place in California? L.A., where I would never, where I could have never gone. Somebody, we went through there. We drove through there at night. There are places in L.A. that white people can't go. They would kill me. Well, as a woman, they would do worse. But this is true. That is danger. But, I mean, I'm not stupid enough to go do that. See, this is God in our life. He is our refuge. He is our strength. We need this containment. This was the word used in the video I watched. We desire containment. Even men. Men need this protection as children to learn how to protect as grown adults. Okay? So children... Even young boys, they need this containment. They need to feel security. They need to be able to be free within an area that they know is safe. Like right now, my home is a very safe environment. My children understand there's rules. Mom goes to bed at 8.30. You know, you can stay up till 10. Sometimes, you know, just make sure your homework gets done. Your room, your bedroom is your responsibility. You get allowance every two weeks. You can do the things that are within, you know, let's not watch inappropriate, completely inappropriate stuff. There's rules. Don't lie to me. I hate that. My children know that is the thing I despise the most. Do not lie to me. Something, you know harping on myself here. But God is the clam, you guys. This Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and strength, the very presence, uh, a very present help in trouble. Okay? When we allow God in, and it's not just saying, I need help, God. You have to soften. The thing is, is when Softening means your heart softens. You're humbled. It's different. You can't ask God for help and be rigid within yourself out of anger. Asking God for help out of anger and resentment, you will not see you will not see the help he's trying to bring you because you will be too driven by the anger and the resentment within you. You have to soften and go, "Okay, God." You have to soften within yourself. You feel it. You have to allow God to protect you. And God's going to protect you in ways that may seem they're different. For me, I'm learning to understand the way I believe to be in this world as a woman is incorrect. And in fact, it's almost like, it almost sounds sexist. A lot of people would be like, no. Women can be of power. Women can, but no, not essentially Women are supposed to be followers and helpmates. I had a hard time learning this because I wanted control of everything. I didn't want to give God the control of protecting me, being my refuge. I wanted to do it all on my own. Why? Because I was insecure and I wanted to prove myself. And I thought that would validate the insecurity within me. And it did not. It didn't validate anything. All it did was make me spin my wheels. When I let go and allowed God to be my refuge, 
be my security, be my protection. I was able then to actually be free. I can, right now, I can be me. I am me. I'm allowed to be myself within the protection of God. Step outside the protection of God if I wanted to. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I'm very... I would be defensive. If I was to say, go against the word of God. This is random, you guys. This is way off the radar for me. To say I was the, the pearl that wanted to step outside of the clam that went against God. It would be lonely. I wouldn't be able to breathe. I wouldn't be free. Suddenly, I wouldn't be protected. Because it's a presence, you guys. You can't see it. You can't see what God provides you. Something you know is there. You feel it in your soul. It's a feeling within your soul. When it says that, a very present help in trouble. I learned this last month. There are some things you cannot see with the human eye. And I went through something last month where when there was something that was removed from my life because of my poor choices, I suddenly realized how big that presence was in my life. And I never realized, I never realized it was there. It just slowly infiltrated my life. And then when it was gone, it felt like I was empty. That was it. I felt very empty. I didn't realize how much this presence made a difference in my life. And that is God in that's God to us, you guys. It'll feel like this. Warm, cozy, safe. I love it. I love it. I'm warm, cozy, and safe in my life. I am. I have worries. I have struggles. I still have all that. But I know that God is always there. Always. He's always there. And if I want to, if I want to be hidden away, if I truly just need a moment, God will close around me. And he'll allow me to have that moment. I feel like he's doing that now. He's closing around me. He's allowing me to have a moment in my life. He's just protecting me. So, <laughs> probably so the world don't see my big temper tantrums that I throw in my own home. <laughs> uh, my children could tell you stories. So I want you guys to think about this analogy. And I will post this on the podcast. I want you to be able to see the picture. I really do. Um, we need this. And this is the belief system that society places in us that's incorrect. That we don't need this. We don't need containment. People hear containment, now it's controlling. No, it's not. That's not the way God is. God is not controlling. If it's trying to control you, it's not containment. Containment is, is something that protects you. Just like the clam. Containment is the clam. 
we are the pearl. How beautiful, you guys. God is our refuge and strength, a very present, a very present help in trouble. He's very present in the good times too, you guys. There are things that happen just on a daily basis that I'm just like, I know that was you, God. I know that was you. Oh, what was a recent one? It was yesterday. I was thinking about it, God. What was it? But something happened in perfect timing. I know that was you. But it's always God. It always is. God's always leaving little things. Little gems. Um, little, little hidden things in my day. And when I pick it up and see it, or it, it happens in front of me, I know that's God reminding me he's always there. Because he's constantly wanting to love me. He's never ending with his love. Ah! Oh, God, just take me through whatever you're trying to take me through. He's trying to take me through something right now, you guys. And I really can't get that deep with what he's go doing within me. I just know what it is. And it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And he's going to call He's driving it home until I do it. He's going to drive it home within me until... I do what needs to be done. And he's not going to let up. This is the thing. God never lets up. When he starts something, he always finishes it. And that's what he's doing to me. So I love you guys. I hope this gives you a good analogy of what we need. We need this. Believe it or not. You may think that, no, I can do it all on my own. But we can't. We cannot. I'm a single mother. I couldn't raise my children on my own. I can't. I can't give my children everything they need to feel loved and and protected and nurtured. I can't do it all on my own. I have to allow other people in their lives in order for them to feel like they're getting everything they need. And I mean that. My son is part of groups. He's part of church groups, stuff like that. He needs that male interaction. I can't provide that. I have to allow it. I have to allow him those boy things. My daughter, she's got how many moms? Two, three more moms? I have to allow her those times over there. And I have to allow her to to go and get love there. Because there will be moments she's like, I want to go spend the night somewhere. And she'll spend a week over there. I have to allow those things. Because she's seeking in something that she's she's not getting at home. And it's all right for me to admit that I can't provide that for my children. But people are surrounding us that are giving. You can't do it as a single mom. You can't. You have to allow things in. And that's what society tries to make us believe. We can do it all on our own. Women, you can do it all on your own. We can't. We cannot be a single mother in this world and raise our children correctly without having people help us, correct us, and guide us. Otherwise, I would have been raising my children from my brokenness. I need to show my children to allow people to love us so that they can grow up allowing people to love them. Because I wasn't shown that as a child. Now, these day and age, I'm struggling allowing people to love me, but I don't want my children to go through that. I want them to be able to turn to people when they need something. And by allowing them to go, I want to go spend the night at Jessica's house. And my daughter's gone for a week. And that's okay. 
It makes it okay for my daughter to reach out and ask for people for love. The love that she's seeking deep inside. And, and it's love that I couldn't give her at the time. And that's okay to admit. I can admit that. So I love you guys that got real deep. All your garments are centered with mirror, aloes, and cassia. Listen, you guys, you just wait. I got some wax oils coming in. Ooh, I can't wait to show you. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I finally found them. So I love you guys. I'm going to get out of here. Happy Tuesday. And I, I hope this, uh, hope you think about this. You're a pearl.